Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode number 96. I'm your host, Brian Professor Professor Pettis, <laughs> and with me as always is my illustrious co-host, Titanium Tony Estrella. Titanium. Propuppers. Yeah, Mushmouth. <laughs> Man. Uh, hey, before we get started, uh, I did want to mention, we didn't mention anything about our Marvel trivia evening last week. Yeah, we did pretty good. We did all right. We did all right. We, you know, kidding. every time we do one of these things, we always miss a question. That we're like, oh, how do we miss that? How did we miss that? And uh, we had one where we had half the answer. Titanium had it. Yeah. We had half the answer. And he's just like, I just can't remember the rest of it. And we're like, ah, we'll just throw something in there. And, and of course, the host says, oh, if you had half the answer, I was going to give it to you. Yeah. And I was like, what? All we needed was iron. And I knew it was iron something. So the question was, what was the name of the, the mob that killed Shang-Chi's mother? The gang, yeah. Yeah, what was the name of the mob? Well, they, I don't think they even used the word gang. Had they used the gang, I think it was like, what was the name of the mob that killed Shang-Chi's mother in, in Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings. And, and Titanium's like, ah, it's like iron something. Iron something. I can't remember. It's iron something, iron monkey, iron something. And we're like, oh, well, we'll, we'll put down the Yakuza or something, oh, yeah. right? And we did. And there she, he was like, it's the Iron Gang. And if you just put iron, I gave it to you. And we're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so that lost it. Well, it didn't lose it for us. We ended that up. That put us in uh, third, third Tied place. for third. Tied for third. We yeah. would have been tied for first had we gotten that one correct. Yeah. Uh, but we did pull out the rest of them. I mean, I think we did really well. So there was overall. a tie for first and a tie for second. And we were tie for second. Um, and then we won our question for second place and then the tie, uh, but obviously there was a tie for first. So one of them was going to be second place and first place. So, um, yeah, it was fun. It was a lot. It was a bigger crowd. That's for sure. Yeah. There had to be, you know, 30 teams there, 30 something teams. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's crazy. But yeah, you know, we, we, we held our own, held our own super talk podcasted. Okay. Yes, sir. All right, well, before we get started, let's thank the listeners, and those are the patrons that bring the show to you. Patreon.com is how you become a member. If you want to support the show directly, if you get some enjoyment about out of what you do, what we do for you, uh, you feel in the Christmas spirit, go ahead and join the Patreon. It really helps us out. Patreon.com slash supertalk is how you become a member. We really appreciate it. All right, we want to remind our listening audience, we have a special live recording coming up for our 100th episode Monday, December 26th at Guapos in Fair Lakes. At 1 o'clock. Fairfax, Virginia. 1 o'clock, Guapos, Fairfax, Virginia. If you want to come see the Super Talk show, you want to see us record live, you want to be part of the studio audience, you want to get a margarita on titanium. Yep, absolutely. Uh, We're getting some custom baked goods made. Oh, 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 surprise. Uh Uh-oh. We got some surprises. Come on out. Um, Raul, the manager there is talking about maybe even customizing some kind of happy hour, a uh, special happy hour, super talk podcast, happy hour for people that show. So it'd be great. I, yeah. I can't wait. We love interacting with our audience and everybody. We always get a great showing and titanium always does some great giveaways. So, uh, 
be there, be or be square. It'll be it'll be a good time. It'll be fun. It, and you know, day after Christmas, what else you got to do? Exactly. I mean, it's a Monday. Come on. Exactly. I think it's a holiday too. It right? is a holiday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, come on now. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's jump right into the reviews. Uh, we had a new episode of Titans this week, uh, episode four. Uh, personally, I'll say my least favorite episode of the season thus far. It was kind of a, a little bit of a slow one. Yeah, I only got half the way through the episode. I haven't even watched the whole thing. <laughs> well, so, good. We'll talk about the rest of the episode that you didn't see. That's uh, that's about how slow it was. Yeah, um, it was a, but it, it did move the story forward. It um, was a retrospective episode, yeah. right? So we saw at the end of episode three, a little backstory. Yeah. Sebastian had been rescued by the Titans. Mother Mayhem was trying to break him out of prison and kind of get him into the cult of blood and all the, the Church of Blood and all these other things. And Titans broke him out of prison, and so they, they're trying to figure out why she wanted him and what he had to do with all this stuff that's going on. And Raven was able to kind of figure out, well, he's part of the Church of Blood because they're using the words, you know, Azeroth, you know, Metrion, right. you know, all this. And she's like, oh, my God, don't say those words, you know. And so they figured out what was going on, and they had to do some research. And, you know, well, wait a minute, I thought we destroyed the Church of Blood back in Season 2 when we, you know, killed my father. You know, what, what happened here? I thought we burned that thing to the ground. Um, and so they had to go do some research about that, but we got most of the episode was really the backstory of mother mayhem. We saw her, she had some, a little bit of kind of, you could see a little bit of witchcraft in her. She, she had some witchcraft powers and, you know, like her boss wasn't very nice to her. And then he ends up jumping out of the window of his, of his office building one day. And, you know, she's like, I don't know how that happened. You know, um, she gets recruited by the church of blood though. We see a, a, a gentleman comes and approaches her and says, Hey, we can put you together with like-minded people. And she gets, you know, kind of brought into this cult to worship Trigon and her and another woman are kind of rivals, but they're also friends and they're really all in. Like they totally are in with the church. Um, But we find out that Trigon favors her, favors her so much that he's chosen her uh, mother mayhem. uh, And the way that she gets chosen, she drinks a glass of his blood and then she becomes pregnant. Interesting. And she uh, gives birth to a child. The reason this happens in the church is because they're hoping that the child is the the the, the prophesized one, right? The uh-huh. one that the, there's a prophecy that the, a, a child will end the world for Trigon and all this other stuff. Well, that's Raven. Right. And she's like, wait a minute, that's what happened to my mom. Well, Mother Mayhem gives birth to a child that happens to be a boy. And they're like, oh, we're sorry. It's a boy. It's not a girl. So, you know, you're, you're, the, the prophecy is not coming true. You're not the mother of the, of the, of the child. And she's like, well, wait a minute, but he's going to be special too. So we find out that Sebastian's mother is actually Mother Mayhem. So uh-huh. that's a big, big indicator there. Um, the other thing they find out that they thought they burned down this uh, orphanage where the Church of Blood was operating out of. And unbeknownst to them, uh, now a Walmart sits on top of the site that was burned, and but the basement is still intact. So that what was there before is still there. They have to go in and investigate. They get attacked by zombies. Mother Mayhem sends a zombie horde against them. One of the zombies happens to be Deathstroke, which is was pretty cool, as a matter of fact. Um, and Connor's fighting Deathstroke, and as a matter of fact, he gets stabbed by Deathstroke. And they're like, I, you know, thought you couldn't bleed, Connor. He's like, me too. And then something squirrely is going on with Connor at the end of the episode. They end up going back um, to Star Lab to they say, well, we're going to keep Sebastian here. The the red moon is going to expire at the end of the evening. So as long as we keep him here for 24 hours, nothing's going to happen. We're like, OK. And Connor's like acting a little squirrely, throws yeah. up in a, in a toilet and all kinds of other stuff is happening. And we're like, well, definitely what? weird. Yeah, weird. OK. Yeah. So 
Uh, I didn't get that far. Yeah, there. Yeah, you sounds like you missed missed most of that. Oh right? yeah, but uh, I think they're setting up kind of a big uh, next episode where Sebastian kind of gets freed by the Church of Blood and, and ends up you know becoming part of this ritual, whatever it might be. But we'll see. I, I think a little I, slow episode. It was slow. Least, yeah. yeah. But still, good show. Zombie Deathstroke was pretty cool. I have yeah. to admit, that was, that was pretty cool. Excellent. All right, well, let's jump right in the news section this week. Boy, a bunch of things. And, and you know, well, the title of our episode is uh, Breaking News from Last Night. And this happened sometime between, like, 9 and 10 p.m. last night. Yeah. Disney made a huge announcement that they had uh, fired uh, Bob Chapek, Chapek as CEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I think he's due a, a multi-million dollar payout for being, being fired, right? Somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to $25 million. He's getting millions. Yeah. Millions of dollars to getting paid out. Uh, but Bob Iger is back. Yeah. They brought uh, him back for two years, two year contract. Yeah. And they're basically like, look, dude, can you help us clean this mess up and fix everything? And, uh, they had had, uh, recently in an earnings call was less than favorable earnings. They had reported some. Well, the stock was in the shitter. It was under yeah. hundred dollars. The uh, the the online properties like Disney Plus weren't doing as well as people thought they were. Um, while subscriptions were up and subscriptions are high, uh, the cost of production was also high. So yeah. they they were like, "Well, it, we're costing us way more it's money in the red. to make these these pieces of content that people are buying on Disney Plus than we're getting from Disney Plus." So they have to fix that. Uh, the parks, while they're doing very well and have been doing better since the pandemic lifted, um, they're still struggling a little bit. Uh, so they basically like, look, dude, can you come in and help us? And yeah. he's, he's going to be cleaning up, basically. Uh, I think with Disney Plus, he already let go the Disney Plus, the head of Disney Plus streaming, uh, Damon something. He already let him go. They announced that literally a couple of hours ago. So he's already cleaning house. Uh, the park situation Really, the parks have been pretty profitable, especially since they lifted the pandemic restrictions. The problem with that is, is that uh, it, they're slowly, they're slowly dying off because people aren't going because they're gouging customers every penny, and the the consumer response and their the consumer reviews have been so bad about you, you know you genie sit, plus the magic pass, all these other things that you have to pay you, for. You talk about these these expensive things are to enhance your experience but actually the experience isn't that enhanced a and b it's actually worse than what it was because now i'm broke and everything is so expensive and you're gouging us for everything and the experience has been what it always has been so we're not seeing a return on our investment and that's what the consumers are saying um, you know, the big thing uh, about Bob, uh, what's it, how do you say Chapek. his Chapek. You, you know, I think he was a numbers guy and, and he ran the parks before, um, uh, he, he right took over. Right after the pandemic. Right, right During I, 2020, I think he took over. Yeah. Yeah. So he, but he was running the parks when, when um, Iger was there. Iger was there. Yeah. He was the park. He had been guy. groomed to be the new CEO. <clears throat> and they actually were very close. He's more of a numbers guy. He's more of a spreadsheet guy. He's really not a, a Disney magic guy like Iger was. So uh, once he got in there and he started tweaking it, I think Iger thought, well, I'll do all the fun stuff and you take care of all the business 
spreadsheet stuff. Well, he didn't like that. You know, he was like, you know what? He distanced himself from Iger. And he's like, I'm going to run it. I'm going to run it my way. And they kind of had a falling out at some point, which I guess you have to kind of do. I mean, you're either running it or you're not running it. So make that decision. And I guess he made that decision and it wasn't well received. I don't think he really treated the talent very well. I don't think he treated employees very well. Uh, there were a lot of controversies. I, he went toe to toe with DeSantis and lost the tax exemptions uh, of the parks Disney, in Florida. Right. Which we, we which saw is, the whole thing with uh, with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. That whole situation happened under his watch. Yeah, he he definitely held to his guns about not paying her, and, and he should have. Um, even Iger stepped in and was like, "Yeah, that has to be rectified. You know, that's wrong." So I, I think he, I think Iger's going to come in. I don't think. You know, a lot of people on social media are saying, you know, go woke, go broke. That's probably true in some case. And I don't think Iger is going to flip that. Um, but I also think he is going to make it a smoother transition into inclusions, into um, diversity. You know, right well, you now. Could be, you could be inclusive and diverse, but you don't have to do it in a way that, that you're shoving alienates it down people your from, audience. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, they're core key audience they completely alienated and they're losing that audience and the stock shows for it and, and the numbers show for it so so they need to make it more of, of a transition and more natural and organic to to feed this diversity into this right now with chapik uh, at the helm he's just shoving it down our throats and the people he has in there um have been doing the same thing uh, i think uh, lucas films is going to get a whole re redo i think they're gonna take the two people the the lady that's running that and the guy that's running that uh, i think they're gonna redo that i think pixar is an absolute disaster name a great pixar film that's come out uh, uh lately i mean uh, buzz lightyear was an absolute Dud. bomb yep. um the the stranger things uh, or these weird things no one's even talking about that that's coming out soon uh I, and i think pixar is strange world I strange think. world yeah, yeah. I think Pixar is a, a is a huge opportunity that they have absolutely been sleeping on and no attention is being paid to that. Marvel's another thing, and here's my fear, Professor, and let me get your opinion on this. My fear is is that you're absolutely correct. Production and and making all this content for Disney Plus has been running sky high. And even though they have the fastest growing subscribers to the streaming service out of all subscribing services, I still think it's still in the red and they're not, it's not as profitable as they would want it to be, right? So does that mean, A, they're going to rely on the Disney vault to kind of carry Disney Plus and pull back on new content and producing new content? Or are they going to move forward with producing the content? But, but scale back on the quality. But scare back on the quality. Or, or and here's another thing, maybe they do a, a little hybrid of both, you know, like quality, not as much, but quality here and there. And I think we're seeing, we're kind of seeing some of that with Armor Wars, right? Yeah. Because they pulled Armor Wars out of Disney Plus and they're now making that a motion picture, a big film, which is great. I think the budget for that is there, and I think some of the ideas that they had for it, apparently, I'm getting fired up for this, apparently some of the ideas they had were too big for Disney+. Plus. Uh, but it could also be money-wise. They didn't want to spend that kind of money on a Disney Plus production. Well, and I think we've seen some of this a little bit already. I mean, you saw that Nova, potentially the Morbius um, uh, project that they're working on, 
the the Wonder Man project are now going to be these special presentations instead of these series that are yeah. multi episode series. You right. don't need eight, nine, ten episodes to develop and present a character to the audience. We saw Werewolf right. Five Night was so successful because it did something very succinct, very compact, very well. Yeah, and I think that they realize we can do that. Now there are some series like the the Daredevil Born Again series that do require there's a lot of story to be told and a lot of characters they want yeah. to involve in that and we are going to make that a multi episodic project but these other ones we're just going to do these releases like character introductions right. I'll give you a great example I think Moon Knight could have been a special presentation well Ms Marvel absolutely could have been I was just about to say that but I just I couldn't get it out of my lips <laughs> fast enough but yeah absolutely um, She Hulk could have been the same thing. These these kind of um, series professors, you're right, and it would probably cut the production down in half, you know, because they would film the whole thing. They wouldn't have to edit so many different pieces or film these different... I, I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping... Another thing I'm hoping is that they have more already content on Disney+. And I, I, I think they will. I mean, I, I mean, I think they're going in that direction. We'll see. I think restricted content is something that they opened up as a possibility in Disney plus yeah. with the reintroduction of the Netflix series and putting Deadpool and Wolverine and Logan and all those other things in Disney plus subscriber base and saying, look, this is restricted content. Yeah. Now they're saying, Hey, maybe we have some more of this. And yeah. and you're right. I mean, you gotta, you can't keep, keep playing for the tweens, right? You gotta yeah. play for the hardcore Marvel audience. Cause we're the ones that are really not only sustaining it, but we're promoting this, yeah. you know, that kind of content. Yeah. So I agree with you. Look, Iger presided over a very profitable, very successful time period in Disney's history. Well, he brought history. in all those other... He brought in yeah. Pixar, Marvel, yeah. Lucasfilm, yeah. Fox Studios. Right. He bought all of that yeah. and made this empire that is there today. Right. Now, Chapek presided over the acquisition of Hulu and Nat Geo and all these... And uh, what does that really bring into the table? Right. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, the Nat Geo... Uh, content is on Disney Plus. How much time have you spent watching it? Zero. Zero. Yeah. Right. I might have peeked in on a couple of things here and there or whatever. But I think they need to get back to their core audience. I agree with you on the nickel and diming at the parks. It's been a nightmare. I mean, right now, if you buy a ticket to the park and you go to the park, you are suffering through a lot of pain because people who have chosen to basically pay for a better experience are getting a better experience because they chose to pay for it. Well, well, they're, plus. they're getting the experience that everybody should get. Right. They're not getting something. I off get the to charts. skip a line. You know, I need, yeah. I get to move forward in the line. I get to pay. Now all parks do something kind of fast pass kind of situation, right. but the way that Disney does it, it does feel like you're being nickel and dimed. Yeah. And I, I mean, look at this point in my life, I'm happy to pay for those things. Number one, cause I can number two, because my kids are older and I think they need that. But, I mean, if I've got a four- and a six-year-old or a two- and a four-year-old and I want to take them to the park, I'm not paying for Genie Plus and Fastpass. And then you're going to sit in line for six hours to, to ride, anyway, you yeah. know, whatever. It, it's it's just not a very good experience. They need to clean it up. And yeah. I hope he does. I have trust in him. Look, again, they would not have brought him back if they didn't think he could fix it. It is a limited two-year thing. And one of the other things he's going to be doing is picking his successor. So that's part of the, the – And grooming the, them for yeah. the next two years. So they'll yeah. know – He'll trust that the person who's going to be in charge of Disney is the one that's going to be shepherding the company forward, and there's not going to be any controversy or conflict. They're going to know who that person is before he leaves. Yeah, so. and Universal is stepping up. They're opening up this whole new land. They got a they, new park. They opening got up a new next park year. opening yeah. up. They're losing a lot of uh, traffic 
Um, for, Disney's losing a lot of traffic to Universal. They're pulling a lot of those right. customers. So they got a lot to fix. Um, but again, my my biggest uh, thing is the the content on Disney Plus. Uh, and number number we'll two and number happens. three, yeah. Pixar and Lucas Films. Think about it. when is the last time we got a Star Wars movie? Yeah, it's, uh, the last one was the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't have any announcements about Nothing. when another one's coming. Now, granted, Andor is fantastic. Yeah, that that that's been fantastic. And we know Mandalorian's coming back um, early next year. We know Ahsoka series is coming. They're doing a lot of stuff on Disney Plus. Yeah. And oh, by the way, if you watch Andor. There's a lot of money put into that project. Oh no it's, question. It, it, what they, they were, and they did the same thing with Obi Wan. I mean, they put a lot yeah. of money into these projects. So, look, I, I trust in Bob Iger, and and one thing I do know, I do think he has a great relationship with Kevin Feige, and I think he trusts Kevin Feige. Yeah. And if anything, he's going to do everything he can to make Kevin Feige successful. I think some of the things we've seen in Phase Four that we're very disappointed with were direct reflections on some of the things that the Disney company wanted them to do. Yeah. Cut corners, you know, or yeah. push agendas. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that big news there, guys. Uh, hey, we heard a really great rumor you sent me to, today. So the Thunderbolts may now be featuring Sentry as a villain in the movie, and we there was a rumors long time ago, a few months ago, about uh, we we talked about this when Henry Cavill was yeah. potentially going Heron to be, or no he's going to be Sentry. What's the other uh, Superman of Marvel? Uh, Hyperion. Hyperion. Yeah. Yeah, but Sentry was rumored potentially to be in the Loki season two, yeah. and the Squadron Supreme was going to be part of Loki yeah. season two, and potentially it was Henry Cavill. There's a lot of rumors around that. Well, we know what happened to Henry Cavill. He signed another deal with with Warner Brothers. Thank He's God. now coming back as Superman in the Warner Brothers series. So I don't see Henry Cavill coming to the MCU anytime soon. That being said. The Sentry character is now being rumored to be a villain featured in the Thunderbolts movie. Now, we also know some other things about the Thunderbolts movie. We got some details around uh, character descriptions for Thunderbolt Ross and the Red Hulk for that movie. So we know they are going to be dealing with the creation of the Red Hulk character and and Thunderbolt Ross being turned into the Red Hulk. Oh, God. He's, he's, he's the president. Thunderbolt Ross is the president. He was uh, a general, then the secretary of state. Right. And then he would became the president. Now he's going to become the president in Thunderbolt. Yeah, and it's played by Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford recast as Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, uh, but we know they're they're doing that story again. Worst kept secret: when the Red Hulk first appeared in the comics, it was a huge mystery as to who the Red Hulk was and where he came from, it, and it, and they kept it secret for a long time. And then it was revealed to us as comic book readers. Well, now we kind of know who he is, and we know how it happened. Yeah. So they're going to be doing that in the Thunderbolts, and we have a feeling that. We know the leader is coming back yeah. in that movie, and potentially he is going to be the one that's siphoning off the Hulk's gamma radiation and, turn, and creates the Red Hulk in the comics. I believe it was MODOK that did that, so a little bit of a different story there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sentry, I mean, he's no no joke. I mean, he's like a, you know, like you said, kind of the Marvel equivalent of Superman. So I we'll, think we're we'll see what lose. happens. We might lose a character or two in that film. I think I think they're going to. It could be Suicide Squadish. Right? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Well, I mean, and if you look at the Thunderbolts roster as we see it right now, there's ones that that you don't see a future with, like right. Taskmaster and Ghost and some others, right? You yeah. Know, I have a hard time believing they're getting rid of Bucky. Maybe they do. Um, Elena Belova, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Probably but, not. But yeah, but we might. We may lose the Red Guardian. 
that could be one great actor, but that would be shocking, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, who knows what happens there, but yeah, this would be, uh, I mean, this is shaping up to be a pretty, pretty big movie. Oh, absolutely. Now I heard MODOK and and by the way, the uh, pop funk pop, Funko uh, pop, Funko pop has already been, already been spoiled for MODOK in the live action. Well, he's supposed to be in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum. uh, Is it, or or was it um, Captain America 4? No, it was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Wasp. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the trailers they showed at uh, Comic-Con had Had uh, a a little snippet of him in it. So Interesting. Yeah, he may be coming to the MCU as well. But another big rumor, uh, there were casting rumors before about Ryan Gosling being cast in an undisclosed role at Marvel and, you know, talks with Kevin Feige and all kinds of other things. Sentry would be Now perfect. the rumor is potentially that he's going to be playing Sentry in, in this movie. So, wow. hey, great rumor, great great things to think about. Again, we'll keep this, abreast of it. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on it for you. This movie's not scheduled to come out until late 2024, so we got a lot of time, but they'll probably start production of this movie sometime next year, so we'll get, be getting some... Uh, Pictures, photos from the set, and all kinds yeah. of other things. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, Amazon Prime made a pretty big announcement this past yeah. week. I mean, this was pretty huge. When you sent this to me, I was like, wow. Yeah. Uh, so we know that Marvel has been developing content for their own streaming service on on Disney+. And we know that Warner Brothers Discovery has been uh, developing their own content on HBO Max because yeah. they own that property. Well, Sony never had a streaming partner. So when the Spider-Man movies or Morbius or Venom, Let There Be Carnage or whatever is ready for streaming. They were kind of like selling it off to like Netflix or whoever wanted to kind of pay for the rights for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, now they've got their streaming partner and it's yeah. now Amazon prime. Yeah. So Sony has inked a deal with Amazon prime to develop some live action, um, uh, series for Amazon prime based on the spider verse and the first one is Silk. Silk. Spider Society, yeah. Yeah, so Silk is a character from uh, Marvel Comics. Uh, kind of a recent character, came out in the last 10 years for sure. Um, bitten by the same spider that bits uh, Peter Parker, had been living in hiding for uh, an, you know, a number of years uh, by a friend of Peter Parker's, as a matter of fact, until she could kind of hone her abilities and everything else. And then eventually she came, kind of came out. And, uh, you know, great. I mean, take the spider. Look. The Rogues Gallery of Spider-Man, I think, is only rivaled by the Rogues Gallery of Batman. I mean, I think when you look at all the yeah. villains that are part of the Spider-Verse, it, it's some of the richest characters have ever been developed for a single uh, superhero. Um, and they have access to all of them. Yeah. And, you know, so if Silk wants to fight, you know, the Green Goblin or the Hobgoblin or Hydra Man or, you know, whoever, fantastic. Chameleon, you know, Pick them. Pick yeah. one of them. Yeah. Um, so I think this is great. Uh, and for them to now be developing multiple, what they said, multiple live action uh, series for Amazon Prime is awesome. All part of the Spider-Verse. I think it's brilliant. Uh, yeah. it's, well, they're going to use this to kind of, you know, take some of the things they're doing in the on the big screen. Like we know they're coming out with the Madam Web movie. We yeah. know that Craven the Hunter is coming out next year. Uh, they're going to use this to supplement those projects. Yeah. And now they're going to build their own kind of spider universe. Uh, between Amazon Prime content and the big Amy screen. Pascal said that that was their plan after, yeah. you know, coordinating with uh, Kevin Feige. They signed Tom Holland to a six-picture deal, uh, Marvel did, in correlation with um, Sony. So uh, it's big things. I like it. I'm all about it. So Hey, more, more Marvel-based content, the better, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. you know. And look, we know what Amazon did with uh, the Lord of the Rings franchise. They paid an enormous amount of money for the rights to that franchise. And they 
just recently came out with the Rings of Power series on Amazon Prime, and it was spectacular. And the amount of money they put into that was off the charts. Yeah. And so if this is any indication as to where this is going with this kind of content. The quality of Amazon Prime content, if it lives up to half that standard, oh my God. this show is going to blow any Disney Plus show off the right. charts. Let's hope. you know. Yeah. And, and, and Sony has everything to gain from this. Yeah. I mean, they have every, to, to promote this universe, to promote these characters, to build their own rival to the MCU. Fantastic. Yeah. I love it. Um and we got another big confirmation today. I don't know if you got a chance to see this. Yeah, Blade. Yeah. Uh, we got a, a, a confirmed director for Blade, uh, Jan Dem. I don't know how to pronounce it. Demange. Demange. Yeah, yeah, Jan Demange is now directing Blade. So the Blade director has been hired and is now in place. And they're also got a new writer, Michael Starberry, is going to be writing the script. Michael Starberry was hand chosen by Mahershala Ali yeah. to write this script. And they promise that this movie is going to be, in their words, dark and gritty. Yeah. So just like the other, the original the Blade Snipes, movies. Yeah. Right. They're going to go back to what, you know, and look, Mahershala Ali took this role on because of what Wesley Snipes did with this character back when New Line made those movies. And he's like, that's the kind of Blade I want to be. And there better be a script that's going to have that kind of blade in it. And so this is what we're going to get. And I'm so excited about this. Yeah, me too. That's exciting. This guy, the director, directed the pilot for um, Lovecraft Country. So uh, he's got a good, edgy kind of horror kind of background. Featuring Michael Majors, by the way, who exactly. just happens to be a huge star. He's like in every yeah, he's movie He's blown now. up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think it's a great choice. Uh, great pick. Jonathan yeah. Majors, not Michael Majors. Jonathan, Jonathan Majors. Majors, yeah. Yeah, so a big, big news for them. Uh, I, I, you know, look, this we know the delay of this project already, and and how what it did to the uh, the timeline for the MCU movies coming out. But I think Blade is very important to some of the future of the MCU. Uh, I have full confidence that we'll be seeing Blade in Secret Wars, and I again, I do believe that there is some kind of Midnight Suns thing coming at some point in time. So, look, I, I want to see this dark, edgy kind of, you know, nightmarish type of content coming from Marvel uh, because it, it really they really have the the characters to support that. You know, we, we talked about it. as much as we love Moon Knight, we want to see more of Moon Knight. And I think combining him with a, with a Blade and a Doctor Strange and a Ghost Rider and Werewolf by Night uh, would be awesome. So let, let's yeah, make I agree. it happen. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our topic of the week this week, uh, brought to us by our friends over at Studio G. Studio G, I hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and yeah. we really appreciate all the help you're giving us. And uh, go, thank you, Studio keep G. Keep up the good work down there, buddy. Thanks, Go. Uh, our topic of the week this week. So we uh, a couple of episodes ago we we talked about the Phase Four movies and and kind of where the Phase Four movies kind of ranked amongst each other when they came out. Uh, we ranked those movies. Uh, based on how we, how we like them. Um, we wanted to kind of take some time and put them into like the larger pantheon of MCU movies. And, and we've now done this a couple of times. We did this in our first episode, as a matter of fact, in ranking all of our MCU movies. Um, and then I believe we did it again in like episode like 54 or something like that. We came back and re-ranked them with, uh, I think it was right after Spider-Man No Way Home came out. We, we re-ranked some of the movies. Uh, but I wanted to place... Uh, some of these movies, especially the ones that recently came out, like uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, into our list of, of ranked movies. Now, there are now 30 movies in the MCU. 30. Count them, 30 movies. That is pretty impressive. 30 movies that have been made over a rough 
12 year period. Right. So yeah. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Right. It's a lot. Um, so now uh, we're not going to go through everything in our list again. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of just talk about the movies themselves and, and where, where they fall into the, the, the larger list and what's kind of right, right around them. The phase four movies, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we may or may not have um, ranked. I know we ranked Eternals and Spider-Man No Way Home before um, on our episode 54, I believe yeah. it was. Um, but I don't think we ranked Black Widow. And I, we can just start with that one. Um, I think you and I probably have it very in a very similar place. Um, it is now number 29 out of 30 for me. Wow. Um, Thor The Dark World is the only movie that I probably don't like as much as I didn't like Black Widow. So, You know, I have it at 27. Um, so it's it's pretty far down there. Uh, I got a few movies uh, beyond that. And to be honest with you, looking at number 29, which is The Incredible Hulk, um, I, that probably is probably ranked way lower than it should be. But the rest of them, Captain Marvel I, I, and I, Thor the Dark I have The World. Incredible Hulk right now at, at 28. And the reason why it's above Black Widow is, is if, if I had to choose watching one of those two movies right now, I'd watch Edward Norton in The Incredible no, Hulk. Yeah, yeah, same. I would. Same. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So uh, so that's where that one is. I don't think we need to spend too much time on that. I, I, think I don't we, know, you know. Scarlett Johansson's a smoke show. She is. Yeah, I like looking at her. So, but I, again, I might the, the pick, Taskmaster I know, character just didn't do it. The villain of the Red Room didn't do it. I, it he was the worst, and I think that Yelena Belova was the only good part of that oh, movie. She's so cute. Yeah, Florence so, Pugh. Thank you for joining yes, the MCU. Thank you. We'll say. Um, so let's let's talk about the others real quick. Um, so Thor. Uh, well, we'll do Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness real quick. So that one I have ranked as 18th right oh. now. Um, right above it is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Right below it is Eternals. Um, I did think it was better than the Eternals. Uh, I, I don't. I think there's things about the Eternals that were better, but I enjoyed Multiverse of Madness a little bit more than the Eternals just because kind of, I guess, the larger how it fits into the MCU. And I think that's one of our big um, criticisms of uh, Eternals is it was supposed to set the foundation of a lot of things. You know, they were like the first kind of super powered individuals that ever came to this planet. Yeah. But it, we really haven't seen the promise of that yet. Yeah. Maybe that's one of the reasons why Eternals is a little bit lower on my list, but that's where I have it. I have it at 17 right now, Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. I have it at 22. I actually have it, uh, Eternals at 21. I have it right below, um, Eternals. Eternals. Yeah. And I, and I just watched Dr. Strange again. I just watched it, yeah, and, and really bothered me the the gratuitous input of the the Illuminati. I mean, it was really <laughs> like now that I see it from outside and I watched it again, like I was at all when I when it first happened and everything. But now I'm like, they really didn't need to put that in there. Like you you know, like that was it. Really, you really, you really think about it now. It was 100 percent fan service. Of course, that's what it was. Of course, we introduced, we brought back. Patrick Stewart as Professor X. We got you know John Krasinski as the the Mister Fantastic. We brought back um, Black Bolt. You know we brought back all these characters and we gave you Captain Carter in real life. You yeah. know and, and and oh and but you're right. If you look at it in the plot of the movie, it's like, did you really need to do that? No. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. So so I think we have it kind of similar civil spots in our list. Yeah. Uh, the next one we'll talk about is Thor: Love and Thunder. 
That for me is ranked now number 24, uh, right behind the original Ant-Man and right above the original Thor. Um, <laughs> That's exa- I don't have it exactly there, but I have it at 25, right above the original Thor. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I love Chris Hemsworth. What he's done with the Thor character, especially in the team movies. I think what he did in Infinity War and Endgame was amazing. What he did the original Avengers movie was amazing. I think his individual movies have just not delivered. And I don't know. It's not because of his individual performance. Right. I think a lot of it is plot. A lot of it is storyline. A lot of it is the villains. A lot, you know, there's a lot of things that contribute to how much I enjoyed those movies. Yeah. Um, and Love and Thunder just, it just, it could have been so much better yeah. than it was. And it I, was almost I like. I think they tried to make it bigger than it was. I, I think it was, it was a Thor Ragnarok knockoff. Like it tried to be so much funnier than Thor Ragnarok and sillier. And it just didn't work, you know? It, I, I don't know. It was okay. I mean, I didn't hate the movie and I thought Gore the God Butcher was underutilized. Um, yeah. I, I thought they should have expanded more on that um, instead of the whole Greece thing and the whole Zeus and all that. Uh, I, I think they should have put more attention on that battle and the conflict between Thor and the God Butcher. But, you know, yeah, I have it at um, 25. It's down there on the list. <laughs> it's, it's down there on the list. Yeah. All right, now we'll, uh, we'll, and here's the big uh, elephant in the room, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and we talked about this when we did our review last week, uh, Titanium really liked it, thought it was a great movie, Yeah, I thought it was very good, I didn't put it in the great category, uh, I really wanted to revisit this conversation because I did want to look at the list and say, well, where would I put it in my rankings amongst the top movies in the MCU. And I kind of kept going down my list and kept going down. My, yep. I like that one better. Yep. I like that one. But, and I kept going down and I finally found a spot for it. It is sitting at number 15 in my list, mm. uh, in my total out of 30. So it's right in the middle, 15 out of 30. Uh, it's right below Avengers age of Ultron and right above cat captain America, the first Avenger, the first captain America movie. So it is 15 on my list. So where, where did you put it, Titanium? It's number 10. So it broke so the it top cracked, 10 for me. cracked your top 10. It, and, and it was hard because it, it's right. Uh, it nudged out Shang-Chi, which I really liked that. Um, so it nudged that out, and it's right after uh, Captain America Civil War. Uh, so I have Black Panther at 8 and Captain America Civil War at 9, and then Black Panther Wakanda Forever at 10. So, so what do you have? Like, give me the four movies that are below Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Okay, so Shang-Chi, Spider-Man Homecoming, Ant-Man, and Spider-Man Far From Home. So two of the Spider-Man movies you liked less than Black Panther Wakanda Forever. No, it's not that I didn't like them less. I just thought Black Panther Wakanda Forever was a movie that I really enjoyed watching. Oh, interesting. So, it, I mean, to be honest with you, my top 15 movies, if they came on, I'd watch any of them. Uh, the, the below 15, I'd be like, eh, I've seen that twice already, you know? Yeah. Um, Same so, with me. Know. That's, that's, that's you know, the argument I gave you last week was that um, all the movies in my top 10, like, I can't... I couldn't wait to go back into the theater to see them again. What's your top five? 
Well, the original Avengers, Infinity War, Endgame, Spider-Man No Way Home, and the original Black Panther. And right behind it is Captain America Winter Soldier, which I've probably seen... A great... Yeah, I have to. 12 times. Yeah. Because that's definitely one of my favorites. And I, and I literally would watch it again right now. Yeah. So that's my top six. I have Iron Man, Endgame, Spider-Man No Way Home, Infinity War, Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Because that movie is just special. Yeah. I mean, that movie. Was... Again, I, I, I can't believe I have that ranked at number six, but because it is still to this day, one of my favorite movies. And, but that's how good those movies are. And yeah. again, after that, I have Iron Man. Yeah. Civil War. Yeah. Ragnarok and the original Guardians. Right. You know, so it's like if I look at all those 10 movies, yeah. I mean, they are literally some of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You know, and, and I could not justify putting Wakanda forever up into there i mean you know if i watched if i watch i I tell you why what made my decision so easy is because of namor i thought his the way they presented him the way they introduced him was so different and so great and such a i mean it absolutely defined what a anti-hero is should what it should be in the movies it it really did and after and this might have helped Black Adam might have helped my decision. <laughs> That's I'm not true. Kidding. That's true. I'm not kidding because what they did with Namor is what I wanted them to do with Black Pan, uh, Black, Black Adam. Adam. Right. I wanted that character to show up in Black Adam. Right. And they nailed it. And Black Adam fell short. Yeah. Um, but I tell you, I put that fight scene, Black Adam fight scene, oh, up against right. any fight scene. The original one? Uh, yeah. Oh, it, with, the with, first two, first one with, when he first comes out? When the Justice Society, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll put that fight scene. Oh, no, when he's fighting oh, those mercenaries. Oh, the mercenaries? Oh, yeah. When he breaks through from the mountain yeah. and he's fighting those mercenaries, they're firing rocks and stuff. Oh, I put that up against any fight yeah, scene in good. the Marvel Universe. Yeah, special effects were good on that one. But yeah, I mean, that that's kind of where it is for me. I mean, I, I've got it at 15. Again, I I literally was going down the list and said, would I watch that again right now? Yep. Would I watch that again right now? Yep. Would I watch? You know, I, I kind of went down that list. And it, it really was, I mean, for me, I agree with you. Their treatment of Namor was special. I just thought the rest of the movie kind of was yeah. not as special. And that that was just, I I really do agree with you there that I think the movie was really really well done from a namor perspective and, yeah. and i think i was influenced so much by not only black adam but with some of the other disappointments we've had from phase four as well thinking well this is just another phase four movie yeah right yeah you know and, and that and i think that's what influenced me a little bit right so now i was supposed to go see it again last night and i didn't i, I probably will see it again maybe this week um and maybe my my opinion will change after i hear that, it but. might stream january that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's early. Um, yeah, but you know, look, they're trying to get subscribers too. So yeah. that's another part of it, right? So, who knows with yeah. the new regime. With Iger, who knows yeah. what he's gonna do. But yeah. Excellent. I, yeah. All right. Professor, great show. All right. Well, let's ring the bell and wrap it up. Hey, let's wrap it. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. To get in touch with us on social media, hit us up via email, Super Talk Podcast at Outlook.com or at SuperTalkPod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone.